0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Chana Kaysinger. Chana has worked with clients such as the New York Times, Rolling Stone, GQ, and Bloomberg Business Week, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Chana about how she discovered photography, some of her early days photographing live music in the Seattle area, as well as a recent cover shoot for Bloomberg Business Week. Chana is someone whose work I discovered on Instagram I really enjoy her approach to both portrait and food photography, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her work, so I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Chana Kassinger, uh, welcome to the podcast, Um, really excited to have you on here, Um, discovered your work on Instagram, like I think just like a week or two ago, and you've been up to some cool stuff, but I guess, like, I've been asking everybody, like, crazy year. Um, How's life been for you? It looks like you've still been shooting. You've been doing some interesting assignments, but I guess, how's the last eight months been for you, I guess?
1: It's been all over the map. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, with, you know, Seattle kind of being the ground zero of things way back in about, like, February, March. Mm -hmm. um, Things got really, really hectic, and then you know after the initial onset it was pretty sleepy um in my camp for a few months really um and you know things started kind of gradually trickling back in and now with the election just around the corner things are getting yeah a lot busier so
0: that's good so you i saw you did you shot a cover for bloomberg it was like a special report issue uh on the coronavirus um what what was kind of that assignment all about and uh what was kind of your experience kind of working with bloomberg for that i guess
1: yeah, I listened to um I was on a long, um episode with Jane and Sasha and I think it was Jesse as well. Yeah. Um and Jane uh, is amazing to work with, but um I actually reached out to her in the pre-COVID era. I um I'm just a serial pitcher. I love to pitch. I love to, you know, kind of generate ideas and just like see who'll bite. Um And I reached out to her just kind of knowing what the landscape here was like. I live um, in Capitol Hill, which is the epicenter of kind of where a lot of the action's happening in town. Yeah. So I reached out to her and she kind of let me know what they were working on. And um, yeah, I actually photographed that cover um, from my brother's uh, office, which was completely empty at the point. It was eerie, it was was a time. (laughs) It continues to be a time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's really interesting to hear with like pitching and stuff. Like, uh, like, how do you kind of approach it? And like, maybe any kind of tips you have for people with pitching? Because I I did read somewhere, I think you, you ended up photographing, I think, like a yo-yo tournament or something and Wired ended up picking it up or something. So I guess what's kind of your been your experience with like pitching to magazines, I guess?
1: Yeah, I just um, have a soft spot for the offbeat um, and, you know, anything I cook up or, you know, I, I always keep tabs of like calendars. Um, when I was starting out, I did a lot of work with like alternative weeklies. Um, Seattle Weekly was one of them. So they just kind of thrived on getting like the weird kind of stuff with lots of people. Um, you know, they they just like to get clicks. And so I would just think, what is the craziest stuff? Like where are the, you know weirdo is going to be and what can I do? Um, (laughs) uh, So, you know, um, just kind of going off of that and living in the city too. um, There's no shortage of things happening here. You know, any kind of niche you can imagine, you'll find it in Seattle.
0: And I guess when you're like pitching an idea, um are you generally like writing up something and do you kind of already have photos you've taken already every time or is it sometimes you're just like just pitching an idea w- with stuff you haven't shot yet i guess
1: um typically i'll reach out in advance you know and see if there's any interest and i kind of use that as a litmus test um mm-hmm. you know it's not always the case that like if no one gets back it's not worth being there for but um generally i'll try to you know if there is like a little bit of lead time try to see if anyone's interested and then if not and i feel passionately about it i'll just go for it um but yeah i just keep my ear to the ground mostly
0: yeah i found i've had some luck during the last eight months with covid because like it's been a i've been pitching some stuff and i had one actually worked out with the AARP and then like some stuff I'd shot before that people ended up licensing. So I think now more than ever, it's a weird time, especially with like portraiture. I think if you, at least in my experience in the last eight months, it seems like magazines are like looking for content and ways where they can kind of navigate around, not having to like set up shoots if they don't have to, to risk like, you know, health and safety, I guess a little bit. For sure.
1: Did you work with Michael?
0: Uh, no I, I do know Michael I didn't work with him I, it was Jane Clark over at ARP.
1: awesome yeah they've been a really great um client to work with because I feel like they do kind of um recognize like the more offbeat stuff and they're all about it um mm-hmm. yeah I just shot a thing for um for Michael for ARP. uh it was about uh, Twin Peaks 30th anniversary,
2: Oh wow. which
1: is like, like corally, like it's just so Gen X and, you know, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. So there's kind of another instance of like trying to pursue like the things that I love and, you know, it's stuff that I would probably go to anyway. Like I was actually supposed to photograph this. Um, it's going to happen at Graceland. There's a big uh, 30th anniversary event happening with a lot of the cast. And then, of course, that got canceled. So it kind of morphed into something else um but yeah being in the pacific northwest
0: wait so they were going to do so twin peaks was going to go to graceland the cast is that what you meant
1: um a lot of the cast yeah it's kind of like a weird random thing right (laughs) (laughs) like why wouldn't it be in the pacific northwest yeah that's what um, i
0: thought That is pretty funny
1: yeah are you a david lynch fan
0: uh i mean i have to be honest i haven't watched twin peaks i mean i've seen like bits and pieces of it but like i'm like i don't know i i feel like i'm getting worse and worse like my attention span for anything is it's terrible and it's something like i'm trying to work at and it's like i think it's honestly due to from like cell phone and it's like the worst like i can't it's hard to like sit down and just watch like a show or like a movie anymore i have to like really like i don't know it's a bad habit i'm trying to work on but i definitely do need to watch uh uh twin peaks for sure
1: yeah you know a lot of it's pretty disjointed too and it's like it can be hard to follow especially as this show like progresses into season two and then you get into the return and it's just like oh hell breaks loose so yeah. it's a different show
0: no i definitely i do love the intro song like the intro song is like the best ever i love it it's so good um I guess to go back, I was just kind of curious, like, where'd you grow up? And like, how did you kind of get into photography initially?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, was born in the Philippines, uh, in the suburbs of Manila. And uh, my family moved to the suburbs of Seattle, um, when I was about 10, about fourth grade. So that was an interesting time to kind of transition from, you know, there to here. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Um, How did I get into photography? Uh, a friend of mine had like an amazing camera in high school, and she would take, you know, pictures of all of us. And I just thought like the quality was so amazing. Mm. Um, I think it was like a Nikon um, D, whatever was before the D50. Yep. Um, the, uh, the D50 was my first camera. Um, I remember getting that for Christmas. That was kind of the beginning of it. Um, I photographed a lot of live music um, at that time in my life because I was um, playing a lot of music. I took like guitar lessons in high school and um, I was in bands and um, kind of slowly that morphed into, you know, taking my camera along to shows. And then I kind of naturally hit the barrier where like you would need a, like a access, yep. you know, like a press pass to go to the shows. And then, you know, I had like one really bad experience at the show box. Um, which is a venue here in uh, downtown Seattle. And I just kind of told myself, like, well, screw that. I'll get a photo pass next time and show them who (laughs) is who. And uh, yeah, so from there, I kind of just shot for uh, the local blogs. This would have been like when I was in college 2008 or so. And yeah, it just kind of from there it's <laughs>
0: what were like some of your favorite bands in high school like looking back like because you said you're like super into music what do what, what, you kind of remember about the music you're listening to back then well, guess. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah we had really I mean we still have pretty good bands but yeah there there's definitely a scene back then um I uh went to school in Tacoma I went mm-hmm. to the UW Tacoma and there was like a really really amazing scene in Tacoma of all places um Great bands like the Drug Purrs and Nick Up Monsters and um, a band called the Nightgowns, but I would just kind of like go to their shows. There are a lot of house shows. I still just have the fondest memories of house shows, which seems like a distant memory now, right? <laughs> 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 but um, I love like all the sub pop bands. I used to do like postering for Barsook Records. Um, you know, at my core, I was just a music fan, and I just it still influences what I do today, although it's like really not what I photograph Mm. at all these days. Um, I carry that with me for sure. But um, I love like the thermals. I remember going to their shows and like going to school the next day and just feeling so deaf (laughs) and (laughs) the Walkman and yeah, so many great bands.
0: Yeah, music photography like seems like a really hard thing to do nowadays. Because like most venues, if, if you can even get a pass, most bands they only let you shoot like the first two songs or something like that, and you're just kind of mm-hmm. stuck in the front. So it is. It seems like being a music photographer nowadays is like, it, it's a tough, a tough road unless you're like working for the band or something like that, getting access. But then again, I mean, I know I, you ended up. I read you ended up interning at uh, Rolling Stone, I think, in college or something, and like. I mean, look, I don't know if you've been following Sasha Lecker's work, people listening. That guy is like the I feel like that dude's like the best music photographer, like working right now. Like his show stuff is insane.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. When I interned there, I think that his his little cubicle was next to mine and I just would always see his longboard. (laughs) But I don't think I ever spoke to him because I was on the um, online side of things. So I worked with um, John Guerra at that point. Mm hmm and uh yeah his were amazing
0: yeah what uh so did you end up I know you mentioned you went to school in Tacoma did you end up studying photography or what were you kind of going to school for when you're up there
1: yeah um I worked at a camera store for a very short time um maybe my freshman year of college I worked at kids camera nice um it was it was a humbling experience i think that that was my last like job job where retail I, retail
0: retail is a tough job i've, I've worked plenty oh, of, I, retail it, it, it's it's tough
1: yeah they are very aggressive with getting us to sell like insurance with every single thing and yeah <laughs> Yeah, but um, I um, can't really say I learned that much working there. <laughs> you know, I just mostly get like people's grandmas coming in asking how many mega pickles a camera had. And <laughs> no joke. Yeah. Um, But uh, I studied um, it, basically the equivalent of It was arts, media, and culture and self and society. Um, so there was a heavy focus for me on like film studies classes and film history. And I think that informed like in a really big way, um, how I shoot today. And I discovered a lot of amazing directors and yeah.
0: Cause like at at that point, like, what did you think you were going to do? Like, did you already kind of envision like being a working photographer and doing magazine stuff or like when you're in school studying all that, like, did you kind of even have a goal in mind at that point?
1: Yeah. Um, I was interning, and um, kind of just like shooting things for no money and um, really going between, like I was living in Federal Way throughout college and kind of going to school and then driving up to Seattle for shows. Um, But I guess in a way I kind of thought that photography was like my path. Um, I just, you know, shot all the shows I could shoot. I was like connecting with all the people I could connect with at that point. And uh, yeah path I was like (laughs) thinking about you know I think like when I started out I was considering psychology um, you know but if anything I think that going to school probably learned like I I learned how to write a good email (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there, there you go you know it's like kind of that's a very important skill to have and to know how to communicate with people and you know
2: yeah, definitely. A person. <laughs> the,
0: the email, email, and like email subject lines—it's like a craft in itself. Like, I don't know what your approach is. I literally like at this point, I've like worded it down to like one sentence, maybe two at the tops, and that's like what I do when like emailing editors and stuff. Because I, because I know like most people, they don't read, they don't read shit. Like, they're just gonna like if they do open it, they don't want to read a paragraph. But I guess like, what, what's your approach? I guess when reaching out to new clients and stuff like that.
1: It is an art right and I mean there's no one way either. Um, I uh, sent a lot of cold emails I I feel like I've kind of haven't done as much of that past couple years but when I was starting out there was a lot of that and I never expect to get a response and I think you know that's where a lot of people get really um, frustrated and just really kind of bummed out like they send a bajillion emails and like nobody gets back or maybe like two people get back but that's kind of the game you know um it definitely and works
0: it definitely works anybody listening you send out a hundred if you get one it works and it's just like, that's
1: that is a victory
0: <laughs> for real it works i've definitely got signs, like you said like early on it's just like you keep knocking away at it you'll someone will give you a chance if your work's decent enough
1: yeah for sure and you know one thing i just you know it's always kind of walking the line of like is this annoying is this you know but i've you know I think that there's like a certain success rate where if you notice something is working, like it will probably work with other people. Um, Not always, but, you know, it's, I I think it's important to like maybe communicate with folks and um, I mean, like uh, colleagues, like other photographers and see what techniques have worked for them. Um, There are a lot of really great resources online and a lot of communities like, you know, um, women photograph, obviously we have a great little network and, uh, diversify photos amazing and authority collective and um a few months ago i did um some portfolio reviews through art of freelance okay and that was that was really really helpful and just that kind of network of like kind of seeing how other photographers are conducting their businesses you know because at the end of the day like you know you can be an amazing photographer but if you don't know how to get your work out there it's really tough
0: yeah it's like uh any way possible i did a portfolio review with the uh, spd which is like society of uh publishers and design they had one last yeah. week and it was interesting it was just kind of i met with a ton of, i met with like 54 people so it was like 20 oh goodness. 20 it was intense it was like 20 minutes like speed dating for photo stuff but it actually was good to get feedback from other people and then i actually talked to some other photographers that did it and it's like uh because i don't know about you like sometimes it's hard to edit your own work because it is good sometimes to get input from other people I think you know
1: yeah for sure for sure and I will say I think maybe one positive thing about like all this time and kind of solitude for all of us editors photographers art directors you know all the creatives is that um, I feel like people have been so generous with their time and so um, you know willing to share information that like was so fiercely guarded before you Mm -hmm. know like why like just let people know how it is like if (laughs) you if if you know you know you know and if you don't then you just kind of sometimes look like a clown but you know we're, we're all learning as we go
0: yeah definitely so i guess like when you got out of college what was kind of your your next step into like the photo world did you end up just go straight to shooting or what was kind of your first step into the the biz i guess
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I did try to go a more conventional route when I first graduated, I was trying to like, look at studios. I applied for lots of jobs. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't get any of them. Um, uh, I recall like there was one, there were a couple of photographers, like I would just, you know, reach out to everybody who I thought was kind of doing work that aligned with what I hoped to do down Mm -hmm. the line. And, um, yeah, very little, um, a little response there so I kind of just like forged away on my own thing and you know I there is no one correct way to pursue like this line of work yeah. and you know it's like we're all kind of just pioneers in a weird way yeah so yeah I just like kept shooting everything I could shoot um photographing live music I, I continued to do that but that kind of evolved into photographing things behind the scene. so that became a lot of like you know five-minute sessions with bands backstage, Mm -hmm. like a music festival. And um, over time that kind of morphed into just like more portraits, which I um, love to do, still love to do it. Um, And yeah, now I photograph people from all walks of life, so
0: yeah your work's interesting because if you go on your website yeah like it looks like pri- a lot of work you do is portraiture but then you also kind of mix in you're super into like like baking and food and then you'll have like landscapes which is like i think a really hard thing to do like to mix all those things together but you, somehow kind with you it kind of works because you can tell you're really interested in those things but like how do you kind of approach like editing your editing your work being that you shoot so many different types of things i guess
1: Yeah, for sure, you know, and I think that's a direct result of being an editorial photographer. Like, on a weekly basis, you're pulled in so many directions, and it is important to be, I think, like, diverse and able to shoot a lot of different things, but I also understand that, like, a lot of photography photographer a lot of photo editors just um will not devote the time to figure out what your deal is like they want it to be spoon-fed they want like an overview and they want like all the things and they Mm -hmm. want it to be digestible and like easy and they know what your mission statement is um so you know I don't know if like I'm the only editorial photographer out there that struggles with like kind of condensing everything in a way that kind of makes sense um but yeah you're right like I I do love kind of photographing everything and um, I am in the process of, like, creating, like, kind of overhauling my site and yep. having um, a more cohesive thing. Like, I'm not going to stop shooting food and people. Like, it's interesting because um, I feel like the thing I get reached out for the most is portraiture. Yep. Um, but on the commercial end, uh, the thing I get reached out to the most for is food.
2: Okay, um,
1: So So, yeah, reconciling those two things, like, you know, whether that's maybe having, like, more portraits of chefs, And, like, them in the process of making their food. um, Like, all that kind of stuff. This stuff kind of beginning to consider and digest. So.
0: Yeah, no, I think for me, like, it just makes sense. Like, like when it comes from, like, a sincere place. Like, when I look at your work, it's, like, you can tell you enjoy shooting. Like, I think when you go on Instagram, you're super into, like, baking. And, like, you have some, like, really cool cookies that look amazing. And it's, like. (laughs) because you know like sometimes you go on people's websites and you can tell they're just trying to throw stuff up there to hopefully get hired and you can tell it, it just doesn't come from like a like they're not into it the way you are and I think that's what comes across and it makes sense that you, you can shoot all these different things but you can tell you have a genuine interest in them I guess
1: yeah I think that every photographer's worst nightmare is probably being told that like their work looks like 10 different photographers shot it (laughs) yeah yeah um and my hope is that you know that's not that's not the vibe people get when they look at my work but I think a lot of photographers especially when they're starting out kind of struggle with finding that voice and telling different stories Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's just a lot of um you know personal uh kind of just a lot of finesse and a lot of um of a photographer's touch that goes in there because you know I think in a way every picture a photographer takes is kind of a self-portrait
0: yeah for sure and like you kind of touched on it like like finding your voice and like style is that something you spend a lot of time thinking about and has it kind of this evolved the longer you kind of keep shooting and like I guess what's your kind of approach these days you think
1: I think that when people and me too, I think that when a photographer begins to think too much about what their style is or what it's going to be, it completely gets muddled. Like, I think that it's important. There's a lot of power in just like going out and like doing it the way you're going to do it. And like, of course, when you're, you know, shooting on assignment for like the times or the post or whatever, um, you know, they'll give you direction. But um, I think it's important to also, you know, never... Lose sight like your vision, and you know you never want to be in a position where you know you're taking a photo that's not your own. And I think that's probably more of an issue in the commercial realm than it is in the editorial realm, um, yeah. because there's obviously a lot more at stake. And I mean, when I say a lot more at stake, money. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they're
1: they're paying you to get a very specific thing, um, and they're throwing a lot of money at you, so it's easy to kind of get pulled in a way that like maybe you wouldn't shoot it normally. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because at the end of the day, like with editorial, like for the most part, you're not gonna get paid a ton of money usually. So it's like for me, I just wanna, I just wanna be happy and make a picture I'm proud of at the end of the day, and, and that's that. That's kind of the goal for me. And have you ever run in this situation? I've had it like, for the most part, editors when they hire you, they hire you because they look at your work and they know what you do. But like mm-hmm. sometimes you can almost get too much direction, and then I <laughs> feel like I'm like shooting a photo that I wouldn't generally shoot like normally you, you know what I'm saying like you ever feel like you, you get too much direction from editors sometimes a little bit
1: I think so but I think that probably the biggest problem is like not editing yourself enough and like mm-hmm. sending in 50 photos that like are that you think are all like workable and could like potentially be in print but then You know, there's only really like three of them that you feel like you love, but then you send them all in and then they always (laughs) go with the one that you don't love. Like it happens time and time again. So it's really important to just like be concise with your edit. And I know that's hard. It's I struggle with it like still. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, because it's like because you want to like please the client and like over deliver. Yeah. But yeah, it's like this like balance of like you still want to put your artistic touch on whatever you're
1: going to submit, I guess. Um, absolutely absolutely and you know it can be a struggle when you're shooting someone and you have like five minutes and you're shooting a ceo and you're in a hallway and <laughs> you have like you know two
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's tough and uh so I guess like when you kind of were starting to shoot your um, first editorial assignments and stuff, like who are some of the first clients you're working for? And like, how are you kind of initially kind of getting your work out there, like marketing yourself? What, what kind of worked for you in the early days, I guess?
1: Oh, man, my first clients, it's kind of crazy to say, like Rolling Stone was one of my first clients. Um, one of my first big assignments that I like, you know, got money for and it blew my mind was um, the EMP, which is a museum here in Seattle. It's now called something else, the Museum of Pop Culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I photographed a bunch of bands for, um, what was it? Their Battle of the Bands, like their Underage Battle of the Bands, uh, Sound Off. And that ended up being a huge spread in the Seattle times. And just these little things, I think over the years, that gradually kind of led to getting noticed by editors. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think the way in my... Was through Flickr, i mean yep. Flickr was a huge huge like thing for wow. me back in the day i still miss it in a wow. way oh so
0: you you were going pretty hard on Flickr. you're using it a lot yes
1: yes yeah. and tumblr but Flickr especially i loved it
0: yeah I, I yeah it was an amazing thing i don't yeah i didn't use it i but i know some other photographers that it was like had its own little kind of community like tumblr and like Flickr. these mm-hmm. like sites back then they kind of had their own little ecosystem that's really cool
1: yeah yeah um you know i started out like most photographers kind of shooting locally for the papers here um Mm -hmm. seattle weekly did some work for the stranger um and then i mean i don't even know it's been like 10 years this stuff just happened so fast (laughs) right um it yeah portraits portraits, portraits so were you
0: so were you interning at Rolling Stone while you're in college, or you like moved to New York with their offices after like when when did you kind of work with them i guess
1: um thousand ten um right. so I would have been like a junior in college, um and yeah, so yeah, lots of music in my life at that point, um and I, yeah, music is the foundation of all of that, but um, yeah, from that point on, like, it's it's all up from there, right? I mean, it's like, it, it was a huge bump for me starting out, because if you could just say, you know, I, you know, here's some work in Rolling Stone, like, yeah. a lot of people are immediately, like, their ears are perked up, like, they'll listen, um, yep. so that worked out for me <laughs> yeah like
0: how was that kind of experience or interning from them like what kind of stuff were you doing and like I guess what did you kind of take away from getting to work for like a publication that's been around for so long like that
1: yeah it was a trip going into midtown every day you know taking the subway being up in there um it was uh it was really eye-opening um I went in not really having much experience with like photoshop or anything like that but I I photo um, kind of agencies they worked with Getty just you know sourcing images for their site and uh, yeah my um, he's like my mentor John Guerra he was amazing and um, I learned a lot from him uh, in terms of like kind of how this stuff CMS works Um, and you know he left as people do they move on and he went to BuzzFeed and you know, in the editorial world, when people move around, if they like you enough, they kind of bring you with them. So that led to work with BuzzFeed, oh, wow. um, which you know, they were also another place I really liked to pitch because they were always um open to hearing my my weird ideas. <laughs> um, but yeah.
0: No, that's really interesting, and I also noticed um, beyond, like, shooting photos, you, you've done some writing over the course of your career, and you even, uh, you, you wrote for the hundreds, which is, uh, I used to go on that website all the time, like, 10 years ago. It was They have, like, a really great blog. I'm, I'm sure they still do, um, but, like, his writing, is that something you've always kind of had a passion for, and is it still something you do much of these days?
1: I don't really do much of it these days anymore, but I don't know why. Like, I somehow got, Tap for writing when I was starting out. I was like sure I'll take it <laughs> um and I did a bit of copywriting when like I was starting out um just freelance on a freelance base. um when the photo work was slow and it was all over the map like I would do some food writing I did a lot of that for like Thrillist mm-hmm. and um uh who else like some local public yeah because i was
0: i went back and looked at the hundreds and you yeah you wrote a ton of stuff about like video games like you did a whole oh my ar- gosh
2: you did a yes, whole but... article
0: you did a whole article about Zelda Breath of the Wild yes. which I've actually been playing lately I bought a Nintend- ah. I bought a Nintendo Switch over the course of uh COVID and it, you
1: found one <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's good um uh, But yeah, yeah. how do you kind of link up with the hundreds? Because I've always had a lot of respect for like what Bobby hundreds and those guys do over there. It's really like creative stuff.
1: It was so random. I had never heard of them before. Yeah. Yeah. I had never heard of them before and they reached out and um, it was mostly on like a kind of writing basis and not so much photo, although I did end up doing a little photo for them, for Mm -hmm. their editorial arm. Um, But yeah, you know, I, if, At all I can like pursue the things I'm genuinely interested like video games and baking. Um, (laughs) I will, I will ride that pony all the way to the end. Um, Yeah, that was that was really fun. Um, That was like right before Best of the Wild came out I think and I was super jazzed. That was one of the dorks like waiting in line at Best Buy to get a switch and oh, got it's home so and like, I, like I, had,
0: I literally haven't played video games since I was like a kid. And then I was like, I was like, screw, I'm gonna buy one of these switches because my brother had one, and it's like so much fun. It's like the greatest
1: thing. Yeah, <laughs> I have had Nintendo games my entire life, and um, I, I don't really play much of anything else. Like, I don't really play Xbox yeah. or you know PlayStation. My partner does, but I've always had had a soft spot for Nintendo and in
0: particular the Zelda games yeah no they're so good um I guess like looking at most of your work like being that it's like portraiture based like like how do you kind of approach like portrait assignments like you've done some really cool stuff like uh one night I was really uh jealous you got to photograph Charles Bradley amazing musician um but I guess like when you get an assignment like that like how do you kind of prepare like um how do you kind of go into shoots you kind of have like an idea of how you want to exactly execute it or what's kind of your approach i guess
1: yeah with that stuff like with charles bradley i believe that shot was at bumbershoot um many many years ago and like it was back when the way i was shooting was so haphazard it was you know you would you know email with the pr people before the festival and then you'd set up your like five minute slot and Um, he was amazing i mean charles bradley in particular the minute like i picked up my camera he just had every simple like it was like a (laughs) photographer's dream and i remember at the end of that he like gave me a hug and a kiss on the cheek and i just kind of died a little bit um but yeah with that that was like all natural light and you know um done in like five minutes in like the courtyard of the seattle center um these days there's a little bit more pre-production <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: with shoots I can't just barrel into things and you know I mean sometimes I do but yeah um, I, I tend to keep things light I love when I'm able to bring an assistant but you know in COVID times you really got to keep your footprint small and you know while most publications will like typically give me an allotment for an mm-hmm. assistant um, a lot of the time I won't so um, you know I have really I i upgraded um in the last year or two um to Pro Photo and okay. it's a B ten a I have it's so teeny tiny. It's amazing. Like I can hold it in one hand, like yeah. literally the strobe and have the camera in the other hand and
0: Yeah, boom. it's pretty sick. Like, I, it's have, so I have I have the thing. I have the older version of like the B ten, the one that used to have the battery pack because uh, when the b10 came out they, they dropped the price on bnh photo you could buy the old one with the pack and it's like the same head it's so yeah those strobes are so great
1: yeah yeah i have a b1 and a b10 and uh yeah i just like you can't beat it i, I used to feel so intimidated by these lights like not just the price but like oh man how does this work but <laughs> yeah you, you figure it out and it's like it's really just a game changer
0: yeah i think that's like half the fun of photography like sometimes like in the last year or so i'll just like rent like some random piece of gear that i haven't used before and just like mess around with it you know like obviously you have your go-to stuff that you know it's gonna work every time on a shoot but i think like i don't know that's what i've been trying to do lately just kind of challenge myself and just, just kind of have fun with it sometimes and it's, it's like it's all an experiment like every time like pretty much you never know what's gonna happen you know
1: that's where it's at you gotta experiment if the publications are paying for the gear like just do it
0: yeah, exactly. It's like I, I wouldn't normally be able to rent this pack, but you know, I'm going to buy this. Yeah,
1: we have a great rental house. Yeah. Yeah, we have a great rental house here in Seattle, uh, Glazers, and the team there is so wonderful. And they're just like always open to answering questions. And through COVID, they did like curbside pickup and all that. So I've been patronizing them like my entire career. And I just can't say enough good things.
0: That's good. And with like COVID and being you shooting portraits, like, have you had to adjust the way you kind of shoot? Like, are you kind of shooting differently than you normally would before COVID or what's kind of been your approach? Like, cause I know a lot of publications, they want everything kind of shot outdoors if possible and yeah. work with lately, mm-hmm. which is fine. But sometimes, I mean, it's outdoors, like it, it could rain. It's like, you're dealing with weather and then it's different type, type of things. But like, I guess, how's your kind of overall approach been with portraiture with COVID and everything?
1: Yeah. I was on the phone with an editor this morning and she was just stressing safety, safety, safety. Yeah. Yeah. outdoors mostly. Um, I'm trying to think of like what I've shot in the last few weeks. It was really, really hectic. Um, I've been inside, but always masks and typically try to keep the shoots on the shorter end. Like, you know, whereas I might've spent like multiple hours before if I had that kind of time with the subject. Now it's more like 15 minutes, 30 minutes just to, um, minimize any possibility of transmission and you know um but yeah like you know usually just roll solo not really with an assistant Mm -hmm. um outside clean gear ppe you know (laughs) the whole the whole list of things
2: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it is interesting like i'm now it's i mean i'm on the east coast so winter's kind of coming and same with you Mm -hmm. guys winter's coming up in uh, northwest northwest there it's like I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Are we still going to be shooting all these portraits when it's snowing and stuff outside? Yeah. Everybody's going
1: to have like really red (laughs) cheeks and like look.
0: I'm about to start like photographing people in parking garages or something. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting.
1: Hey, I mean, (laughs) yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you just got to get creative with it. And that's, it's been a unique challenge navigating the constraints Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of it's been good kind of it's kind of shaking people and like forcing them to think differently than they used to, you know, um, yep. like one thing I've appreciated is that because people aren't in the office nine to five, like yep. with um slot time slots, like I'm able to kind of push things like earlier in the day or later in the day to get like nicer light. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed that like you know in the summertime I was trying to do all um portrait shoots around like 7 and okay. for most people that was no problem.
0: You so, go golden hour you can't go wrong with golden hour it's always this good I sun. know. <laughs> like pro
1: photo whatever got the sun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And uh another pro- portrait shoot I saw on your site you uh photographed I think uh, Joe jonas for GQ um I was curious like uh, what was kind of your approach to that shoot? It was and had you like kind of previously worked with GQ before that?
1: Um I think that may have been my very first shoot with GQ. Um I was working with Alex Reside. Um mm-hmm. he actually interned at Rolling Stone just before me. And I could I, I think we first kind of connected over Flickr, um, way back in the day. Um, but yeah, he tapped me because uh, he knew I was at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I to that point, I'd gone pretty much every year, um, just shooting for various publications. But um, yeah, he reached out with this last minute assignment, and um, I found out who it was. <laughs> um, I'm not like a super fan or anything, but it was really just a trip to kind of spend time with them and you know see how they interacted with their fans. And um, yeah, I spent like the whole day with them, just kind of telling them around Austin. Oh, and wow. uh, Yeah, yeah, like from their like their hotel, kind of press conferencey stuff, and um yeah, Joe Jonas was amazing to be around. He was like really, really nice—not what you would not what you would expect from like you know someone
0: pop star, that
1: famous, totally like yep. super nice, looks you in the eye, like holds doors open. um Amazing to work with. Amazing band too. Like they are very, very solid live band.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's awesome. It, it was a nice portrait, and I guess like what kind of assignments kind of pique your interest most these days what kind of stuff do you like shooting and stuff you kind of hope to work on I guess
1: yeah um oh my goodness my dogs um right. I uh I you know I love editorial photography in the sense that it always keeps me in my toes um there's no predicting like what's going to happen next and I kind of thrive on just like adapting and figuring out like how to shoot an athlete how to shoot you know a CEO how to shoot a, you know SVP or whatever yeah. um but I have been loving just like I love to photograph people who clearly have passion for what they do like you know a really amazing chef or like Um, someone who's an activist and very vocal about what they do and it's just like their life like I um, definitely pick that up on camera it's like palpable and I just like love that energy and yeah just real stories you know people that really care about what they're doing that's where I want to be with my camera
0: yeah and and like you know, as you know, working a freelance career, there's like a lot of ups and downs, like sometimes you're busy, sometimes you're not like, have you kind of ever doubted yourself in this career path? And like, how, how do you kind of deal with those like downtimes? What kind of keeps you going and keeps you uh, uh, sane and kind of on the keeping the train on the tracks, I guess?
1: Yeah, it keeps the train on the tracks. Absolutely. <laughs> um, All the time. And you know, I think it's important, again, to like talk to other photographers and just have the community because i'm feeling like Mm -hmm. you know oh they haven't called in a minute like i am i blacklisted like did something weird happen like that's never the case like people just get so in their heads about things and um you know for me baking it's kind of crazy it's like the one thing that has taught me patience yeah um making bread like all the time that's involved all like the kind of like time that you're not doing anything but it's happening you know you just have to kind of trust the process (laughs) um you know but I this is what I do I live and breathe it I just love to read photo books I love to look at other photographers work I um love to take long walks with my dogs and just like look around I started running which has been amazing um never thought I would be a runner but I just like love the way I feel like it opens me up to the world around me like I never used to really like notice certain things and now like you know even though like we're very limited in like where we can go we can't really travel which I really love love, do before um run the same route every single day and just kind of noticing colors changing like things like that it's been kind of just like it's been humbling it's been comforting it's been a weird comfort
0: yeah I think it's like this you know try to like those weeks where you don't might not have an assignment or something like yeah like keep yourself busy and like i was trying to remind myself like give myself time to like you know have fun sometimes because like running your own business sometimes especially now like when a lot of people are working from home it's like hard to turn off that off switch sometimes it's just like marketing marketing website 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 so it's Mm -hmm. like yeah it's kind of cool to hear you kind of got your running got your baking and kind of giving yourself some time to like actually just enjoy yourself
1: yeah i mean life isn't gonna last forever you know go on a hike like look at a tree (laughs) smell things like it's amazing there's so much more than emails Um, (laughs) emails are boring nobody wants to do that
0: (laughs) no exactly no it's great oh and i was i had to ask you on your website you said there was a time you got stuck on the island uh what was that story about
1: Oh, it was so horrible. Um, it was San Juan Island. Um, and so a friend and I kind of went on a, on a leisurely little visit up to the Island and we were waiting on the ferry at the end of the day. It was like winter. Um, and we were looking at the ferry schedule and I think we had been looking at like 10 AM and not 10 PM. And we were thinking like, the ferry is going to come take us back to Anacortes and we can go back to Seattle at 10 p.m but it was 10 a.m and we totally missed the ferry we were like oh sitting on a bar drinking a beer yeah and we didn't have a car because we like went to the island to rent bikes and then we started kind of like realizing like oh shit like we're on this island <laughs> like it was like off season it was really cold it was kind of dark um and we just started noticing like all these weird posters for like, like criminal activity on me Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so, and so we started calling like hotels and like everything was booked up, and so we ended up sleeping in the police station.
0: <laughs> Holy shit.
1: Well, at least I guess yeah, you
0: guys did find the safe spot to sleep, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, at that point. Yeah, well. it was was a time i was like i had my conferences and i was just like face down on a desk (laughs) in the police
2: station
0: (laughs) you know that's that's the fun of traveling you know you never know what's gonna happen but now you got a good story it was it was a rough night's sleep but you know you made it out
2: (laughs) yeah oh
1: my goodness never again never again
0: (laughs) yeah well i guess to wrap up like i mean you've been at this for a while like what's kind of got you inspired right now and like anything you're kind of hoping to work on moving forward and everything in the future i guess
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to stay optimistic about things, you know, there's a lot happening in the next seven days and yeah, it's, it's a time. Um, yeah, gradually I've been in the process of the commercial. Um, so that's one thing, I mean, that kind of stuff is slowly trickling back in. Um, I shot an ad campaign over the summer, my first big one. And wow. That was um that was heartening. It was like a very crazy experience. It's like, you know, learning as you go. It's basically like falling down the staircase to learn about gravity. <laughs> it's like a lot of, It's a lot. Of, it's
0: a lot of moving parts and managing a lot more people on those shoots.
1: Yeah, you know, and there's a lot to know when it comes to that world. And I look forward to kind of learning more um on that particular shoot. It was with Craft Hines. Um, I worked with wonderful machine. Um, an amazing, uh, producer over there, Brian Sheffield. Um, Definitely. so he helped me through the way it was, it was a lot, <laughs> but yeah, um, kind of, uh, just, you know, baking more, taking photos of that. I actually got that assignment based on some photographs I'd taken of something I'd Baked
2: at home. Wow, super
1: crazy! Like what? I was in a creative call, and they're like, "These Madelines, like, what are these?" And I was like, "I baked them," and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> you can you can shoot this for us." <laughs> wow, so they just
0: they just kind of found you via Instagram, pretty much.
1: Um, you know, I always am sure to ask uh folks how they find me, and they said it was internal, so <laughs> that was very vague. Didn't really tell me much, <laughs> yeah. but um yeah I think that like after talking to the creative team more they're really into the fact that like I actually like to bake like there was a food stylist on that job because I couldn't have done it but um Yeah, I think that it's just important to pursue like your personal interests and hopefully everything else just kind of falls into place. So I'm going to keep baking and taking pictures of cookies.
0: (laughs) I I like I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm following you on Instagram now. (laughs) I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what baked goods you got coming out. You know, the holidays are around the corner. So maybe you got some like interesting stuff planned. I'm really excited for it.
2: (laughs) You know,
0: yeah. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. And for people listening, um, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Um, it's my website at uh, or my Instagram account uh, it's at chanakasinger.
0: Perfect. I'll link it and people can go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. So there you have it. That was the Chana Kassinger interview. I just want to thank Chana so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It's a real pleasure talking to her about her work and everything she's kind of been working on uh, over, over the course of her career and everything recently. Um, so I can't thank her enough. Uh, definitely go check out Chana's website at chanakastinger.com as well as her Instagram at Cassinger. I'll put the links in the descriptions, but definitely go give her a follow. She has lots of cool work up there and is always updating on projects and whatnot. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Um, So definitely go check us out on YouTube and uh, feel free to subscribe. It would be much appreciated. And as always, thanks for listening and take care.